Welcome to the Off The Crutch Podcast, your home for disability-related topics from a disabled perspective. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Off The Crutch Podcast. Before I begin, I wanted to give a shout out to everybody who downloaded the first episode. So far, the reception has been great, and I appreciate all of you who reached out to me with your kind words uh, about the first episode. So I realized shortly after I recorded my first episode that I left out one important piece of information. I did not tell you why you should listen to this podcast. Growing up, I had aspirations of becoming a screenwriter. As I mentioned in the first episode, I went to school in Southern California. Part of the reason was to pursue screenwriting in some capacity. So I feel like I have a pretty good handle on story. And with any story, you have the who, what, when, where, and why. I gave you the first four, but I forgot to mention why you should listen to this. So here it is. Three reasons why you should listen to this podcast. First, there's not many disability podcasts out there. There's one that talks about disability and sex. There's another one that talks about disability, politics, media, and culture. I made the conscious decision before I even started this podcast not to talk about politics. I think politics now have become so divisive that people just want to break from watching it on the news, watching it on social media, online, and I just didn't want to add to that here. I wanted this to be more broader topics and provide some type of escape from all of that. Second thing is that I believe I could teach you something whether you're able-bodied or not. I've been in the classroom for over 10 years now, and I've been able to share my experiences living with a disability to a number of students. The feedback's always been great, and what I've seen is that they're always hungry for more. I look at this podcast as like an audio classroom. I think I can provide really great life lessons. Uh, I can incorporate my life experiences living with a disability. And I can also bring on guests to enrich the content. And the final reason why you should listen to this podcast is because it's going to help you normalize disability. Disability is something that I think we shy away from talking about, mainly because it's the only minority that able-bodied people can be a part of. Tomorrow, you're not going to wake up and become a different race or a different gender But you may walk down the stairs, slip, fall, break your neck, and become a quadriplegic. Um, There's a lot of people out there who acquire disabilities every day. And that can be scary for some people. I'm hoping that by me talking about my experiences with a physical disability and bringing on other people who share similar disabilities, that it can help Listeners understand the disability culture better and then take that information out there to have better conversations. And speaking of conversations, I want to introduce my first guest. Uh, His name is Seth. I've known him since second grade. He's an incredible guy, and I just admire the hell out of him. 
If anyone with a disability is listening, then maybe you know someone who has been there to include you in things that maybe other able-bodied people wouldn't. Seth has always been a huge support of me, and I'm happy to have him as my first guest on here. So I hope you enjoy. Seth, so happy to have you on as my first guest. How are you doing, and how are you doing during this crazy time? Doing well, man. I feel... Honestly, feel pretty, you know, kind of feel like I'm really blessed right now. I've work in an industry where we can work from home and, um, you know, so feel lucky to be working still and, and healthy right now. So can't really complain. I, I certainly miss being out, relaxing on the beach and, and playing soccer, um, which is great to do here in San Diego. So, you know, miss things like that, but at the same time, still feel really lucky to, to kind of be where I'm at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing well. You know, one of the things that I've, I've always admired about our friendship and just meeting you uh, in our early ages was how I would say empathetic and um, just open you were to having a friend like me that might have been different from everybody else at the school. You know, I, I can remember just being the only person with a physical disability or any type of disability for the nine years that I was at Queen of Heaven. And I noticed, know that you kind of w- went out of your way to uh, include me in things that um, you didn't have to. I mean, that's really nice to hear that from you, Travis. I really didn't, you know, necessarily think about it like that. Um, you know, you mentioned we met when we were really young, so definitely a different mindset. I just kind of want to just open it and say, you know, first of all, I think, you know, having you as a friend um, from that young age has been a huge blessing in my life. I think it gave me a sense of perspective from a young age. And I learned like tons of things, just like courage and strength and passion from you um, that I've really truly taken, you know, to everything I've done in my life. So I think, you know, in, in one perspective, you know, I felt really blessed to, to get to know you at a young age and then meet someone who had such a positive outlook on life, um, you know, even though you had a disability. Um, but I think in general, I think just, you know, I looked at you more as a friend, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's great to hear that I, you know, you felt included and that's always how I wanted to make you feel. But I think at the bottom line, we just, you know, we were very similar at the time. You know, we have a lot of the same interests at the time. We love sports. We love, you know, some good banter and then joking around. Um, you know, so I think we just connected, you know, at an initial stage and we were so young that, you know, as we grow older, I've definitely thought about it more and it's, it's, it's played a role in, in kind of how our, you know, friendship has developed, um, over the years. But, you know, I think I've been lucky to know you, man. That really means a lot. That's something that I've, I've tried to do now as I've speak to other schools, especially elementary schools uh, in the private, in the private school world that may not have students with any type of disability. And I really try to put myself out there for the exact same reasons that you were saying. Um, It's, it's really important to have this diverse perspective of other people and I've always tried to share with the students that just have, just because you have a disability doesn't mean you're different or doesn't mean you can't be included or 
do um, things differently than other people. So I think it's people like you who've kind of taken this um, and have this perspective that makes me feel like I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing uh, with these young kids. Absolutely, man. And you are doing definitely what you're supposed to be doing. And it's, it's, you know, seen by me and it's seen by other people. And that's awesome. Um, I think one of the things just kind of like, you know, as you're talking, I think the thing that it's kind of taught me the most and something I think has taught me the most in, in life and, you know, in trying to kind of just like, you know, find happiness is, is just gratitude, you know? So I think in kind of every situation, it's, it, you can look and say, there's, you know, people who have it in a different way than there are people who have it, you know, more difficult than me. So I do feel like, you know, just getting to know you at such a young age really instilled that into me at, at an early age. Talk a little bit about what you've been up to soccer wise since like the eighth grade. I remember you had left for the Netherlands right after our graduation. And I think that really propelled you for the rest of your soccer career in high school and in college. Yeah, for sure. I think it's another one of those things where I just feel really lucky to to have experienced these things. And, you know, we talk about perspective and, um, I got to see what the world of soccer looks like in Europe, which is totally different where it's, you know, treated like, you know, almost a religion. Um, the passion is that strong there. So, um, yeah, my brother went out there to, to try and, uh, sign professionally with a team called NEC Nijmegen and, uh, he was under 17. So he needed some, some, uh, supervision. So my mom ended up traveling with him. Um, and I, I was lucky enough to go along for the ride and got to train within the, the pro team there with NEC Nijmegen and, and kind of train in that academy system and play every single day um, and train with these kind of top quality players. Um, so yeah, I think it propelled me when I got back and, and played high school. I definitely, you know, felt like I was at, you know, kind of an elevated level than I was before in terms of just my focus and, and things like that. So um, yeah, I think it's them from there. I had, had a really good high school career at Sandia prep and um, was lucky enough to get recruited by uh a coach named Brian Weiss, who was initially from Albuquerque. So there was kind of a connection there. And, and he, he recruited me to play at Georgetown, uh, played four years there, and then uh, played semi-pro in the USL for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds for about four years. So was really lucky to have a, you know, a long and semi-successful career. Do you have a, a favorite memory that stood out to you um, in college or in high school during your time? Yeah, I think, you know, in high school, it was just, I think one of the things that I really loved about my high school is, is just the passion for, for sports and how it's kind of ingrained in the culture there. So, um, you know, we didn't have a football team at, at the school I went to. Um, so really soccer was kind of the, the big sport in the fall there. So kind of developed a good kind of fan base at our school. And um, I think just playing in front of our fans, I, I really kind of just missed those fun days of, of, you know, kind of playing for fun in front of your know, your buddies and friends in high school. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm sure it was uh, a big change going to Georgetown and the East Coast where um, besides that one, one year you were in the Netherlands and the, most, the majority of your life was lived in the desert. So I'm, I'm sure the, the culture was a lot different. Yeah, the culture was, was actually hugely different. I didn't really expect it to be that different. You know, now that I've been able to travel a little bit more around the country, I do, you know, kind of realize 
how different cultures can be in different regions. Um, but it was definitely a culture shock, shock for sure. Um, I think, you know, one thing I've also been really lucky is to just kind of have soccer in my life. So everywhere I went, I, you know, kind of had a group of people that were similar to me and had similar interests. Um, you know, so that's something that I've been really lucky. So even though it was a culture shock, I kind of had the team to fall back on and kind of ease into it a little bit more. You think back to when we were younger of like maybe the earliest memory that you have of us? Um, I honestly don't think I can think of a specific memory, um, you know, from like one of the earliest memories. But when I do think back to like our days and kind of our early days of getting to know each other, I just kind of picture us walking together from every class to every class. I just have memories of, you know, picking up our bags together and walk into the next class together. And we kind of always had things to talk about, whether it was um, something in that class that was funny or, or just anything. Um, and then also just recess with you. I just remember, you know, you'd always be there with us when we're playing whatever sport we were playing, either on the sidelines or if we're, you know, we're playing basketball, you'd shoot hoops with us. And um, those are just memories I'll have forever. But, you know, if I had to just pinpoint like one early memory, I just, when I think back to our friendship, I just really think about walking from class to class with you basically all the time. I think I started to develop this identity that I had a disability because I started to see that the people that I was hanging out with in, in the classroom were, were different than me because they were able to you know, play soccer and do some of these things that I kind of maybe internally felt like I couldn't do because I was using crutches. And you know, it wasn't until I got older and I started playing wheelchair basketball that I, um, I, I felt like this other, other world that I, I became in, involved in. And I think now I'm able to kind of combine the two and show uh, the, I guess the able-bodied world, uh, the the importance of adaptive sports and the importance of inclusion when we're talking about sports in general. Yeah, I, that's that's interesting to say. You know that you say that about kind of like you know when you you played wheelchair or basketball, it was you know almost the first time you had felt a new feeling of you know this competition and teamwork and. Um, you know, I think to your point, it shouldn't have taken you that long to, to have to you know, feel those things because those are some of the things that drive you, you know, for the rest of your life. You know, their values that are instilled in the workplace and family and, and all of this. Um, so I think that's a great point. I think, you know, I love that you're bringing that up and you're, you know, doing things to try and you know, change that. And, you know, just in, the, in terms of recess, one thing I think I also wanted to bring up is, you know, I think that's th those are the times where I really you know, kind of looked at you and was just really kind of in awe of your strength because, you know, I mean, as we get older, I can't even imagine some of the things you must have been feeling on a daily basis, you know, literally on a, on a daily basis, multiple times a day, you know, when we're out running and we just take it for granted and we're playing and, you know, you couldn't participate in necessarily everything. But one thing I always noticed is, you know, if we're playing a game of basketball and, you know, say it's a one-on-one -on -one game and there's been some trash talk going on, like you're, you're, you'd be fully involved in the drama. You'd be on the sidelines, amping up all the drama, kind of talking trash back and forth. Um, you know, so even though you, you know, weren't involved maybe athletically, you found ways to stay involved. And, you know, you never, never once did I notice, you know, you kind of 
you know, pouting on the sideline or, or anything like that, whether, you know, and I'm sure I would have done that. So, you know, just seeing things like that made me feel grateful every day and, and made me just really, you know, respect you on, on another level. Thanks. I, I did a, a TEDx talk back in 2015, and it was on social inclusion and in education. And I brought up the time that, or the many times uh, I was involved with recess. And I remember playing kickball, uh, you know, on a regular basis. And I can remember that as well. Yeah. And, you know, what, uh, what I shared in the, in the talk is that uh, instead of me running the bases because I was going to, I was so slow on my crutches, um, you know, that I, I got somebody to kick the ball, which I think the majority of the time it was you. Yeah. And so, you know, I made it the point to say like, you know, I got the fastest kid or the fastest <laughs> friend to run the bases for me. And I never got out because he was able to go from first to home. So, I mean, it's, it's funny you bring that up. I can, you know, as you said that this memory just popped into my head and I can see you walking up to the base, planting the crutches and, making solid contact and off I would go, man. Those are great memories. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that is really important for, for people to hear, especially those kids that might have a physical disability to know that they can still be included in, um, a regular, um, PE class and that there are ways to, to modify the games played. So, um, everybody's included. And, you know, that's just something that's really stuck with me. And, you know, something that I've been able to share with, with many people uh, over the years when I uh, give talks and stuff. I love that, man. I, I think that's so great. And just want you to know that, you know, if you ever need any help down the road or, you know, you need a partner in a few things, I'd, I'd be happy to help. I, I just love listen, listening to you talk about this. I really do. I appreciate that. I think there was a point in my life where things kind of changed for me. And I don't know if you remember, but in uh, eighth grade was the last time that I had my, uh, my last surgery. And I had to get uh, tendons in my legs uh, lengthened. And it was, I had it in December, so it was over winter break. And I can recall that that was around the time that I started getting involved with wheelchair basketball. And so I came back to school using a wheelchair. And I think that was maybe kind of a shock to the people at the school because they've all, they'd always seen me with crutches. So to see somebody in the wheelchair, I think... I don't know. It just seemed from my perspective that maybe they were taken back a little bit. And I remember when you got back from the the Netherlands, and there we had a there was a visit day. All right, I, I think I just went to visit you at St. Pius because you were only there for I think of the rest of the I think half of a semester. And you know the school doesn't have any elevators, and so you know I was like I'm just going to take my wheelchair, and you were really adamant for me to not use my wheelchair and just use my crutches. And, you know, you were uh, just like, you know, I'll help you, you know, whatever you need, but man, you don't need your, your wheelchair. And I think that also stuck with me because not that a wheelchair is seen as a weakness, but just, I guess, I just felt like, you know, 
people saw me using the crutches and that's, I guess, how I felt the most comfortable. And I think hearing those words from you was just kind of reaffirming, like, you know, if, if you can use your crutches, use them, you know, don't, you don't have to rely on the wheelchair if you don't have to. Yeah, man. I, and I actually remember that day pretty well. Um, you know, I was trying to think back to a lot of memories that we had together. Um, you know, just knowing I was going to speak to you today, um, you know, and a lot of these weren't coming up, but now that you say them, I, you know, remember them perfectly, but it's, that is kind of interesting that you say that because I think there was, you know, probably something in, in my head too. I remember, you know, I remember the surgery you had and I remember, um, you know, we were all, you know, I remember kind of everything about it and, you know, you would confide in me and kind of talk to me about what it could mean and you know, what it could mean for your future, you know, in, in crutches or versus a wheelchair. Um, and I think it was, you know, probably just like a little bit more of like a, you know, reality check and, and something that maybe, you know, I personally didn't want to deal with and wanted you to, you know, maybe, um, you know, at the moment, just, you know, continue on and, I'm kind of, I'm struggling to find the words here to kind of get my thoughts across, but, you know, I do feel like that must've been something that was a big change for you. I think part of it was not maybe wanting to deal with that reality. And as I've gotten older since that point, I've had to use my wheelchair more and more, but with the coronavirus and everything that's happened lately, I've been going across the street from my house and walking around the park. So I'm doing a lot more walking than I ever used to do. I'm really thankful for this time that's allowed me to be more active and think about memories that, I, that I've had in the past, especially with you who've impacted me since second grade. Likewise, man. And, and, and like I said at the beginning, you've, you've truly impacted me probably more than, than you realize. And, um, you know, in almost every stage of my life and, and everything that I've kind of been through, I've you know, definitely taking a lesson that I've learned from you, um, whether that's strength or passion or, or, or things that I mentioned before, but um, you know, I feel real lucky to, to know you. And I think this is a great opportunity, you know, for us to, you know, begin to start talking even more. I think, you know, as we've kind of moved around and each kind of had our own thing going on, it's, it's been tough to stay in touch, but I would definitely love to, you know, use this as an opportunity to kind of start linking up more. Do you have a favorite memory from back in the day that comes to mind? Yeah, if I, if I pinpoint one thing, I think, um, I think I'll tell two stories. I think, um, you know, I think one of my favorite memories um, with you, I think, you know, we look back and, you know, you mentioned that, you know, obviously that, you know, you felt different and you have a disability and um, that would make you feel different at times. And, um, you know, I think the things I appreciate the most about our friendship is, you know, what I mentioned is just what we have in common and we enjoy similar things. And I think, you know, one thing I remember early on is just the bond I created with your family, you know, and, and kind of how that helped kind of ingrain our friendship as well as just the relationship I had with your dad. And um, I think one of the greatest memories I had is uh, I think it was your birthday party um, and we had a sleepover at your house and it was just an awesome night. And we went to, see a show at the pit and um, it was like a, a kind of like a BMX biker type show. And um, it turned out to be like this really like it was turned out to be this like Catholic themed bike show. And it was like, 
Yeah, it was kind of like all about the Bible. And, and it was like, you know, and it was just kind of like really random. And it's just a moment that really sticks out in my head because I remember we were just kind of laughing about it all the way home. And Stan the Man was, you know, just making great jokes about it. And then, you know, I just remember your house and staying up all night and uh, probably playing some 64 back in the day. But um, I think, you know, in terms of just specific memories, I think I just appreciate our friendship more than anything. And, um, you know, all the things I learned from you by just literally being your friend. Yeah, those definitely were some good times. And yeah, I remember that just because of how like weirded out we all were. Yeah, and it was just a fun night. And it just kind of like, to me, really embodied our friendship. Like, you know, as I mentioned, you know, your family was a huge part of our friendship. Um, And that night, your dad was great. And it was just kind of, you know, a perfect night to kind of show, you know, like we just kind of would laugh things off. And that was kind of our attitude. And that's why we got along with uh, I did have another story though, yeah, that I wanted sure. to say is just, um, I think another memory I have is just the first time um, I got to go see you play uh, wheelchair basketball at UNM. What, what were those gyms called you guys used to have practicing? Uh, the Johnson Gym. Yeah, at Johnson Gym, I went and, and watched you play. And I think I got to kind of hop in and play a little bit. Uh, but for me, I think that's one of my greatest memories. You know, one of the things that I haven't mentioned that I really appreciate is uh, you've truly always been like one of my top supporters when it comes to playing soccer. Like, you know, just a, a friend and a fan in like the greatest way possible, just kind of always supporting me, following my career, um, you know, sending me messages, you know, when things happen or things like that. Um, so the first time I got to show up to one of your practices and, and watch you play and, and cheer you on and kind of switch the roles there was just an awesome moment for me. Um, and then, I think just jumping in and, and playing the game and seeing how difficult it was and how much time and, and focus and effort it, it must have taken to get to where you were in that short period of time was just really cool to see. So I think, you know, the moment itself of just kind of switching roles and then being your biggest fan was, was an awesome moment. Yeah. And likewise, I've come across numerous people along my life, but I definitely put you and in, in your family, you know, in the upper echelon of people that are just fantastic. Well, it's, it's an honor to hear you say that, man. It truly is. Um, and please, you know, tell Dan and the whole gang, hey, for me and um, give him my best wishes, please. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat for a little bit. Thanks, Travis. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Seth. As you heard, he's had a huge impact on my life and vice versa. This is just one of many interviews that I have planned throughout this podcast. Next week, I'll be speaking to a friend of mine, Jusong Kwan, who I met at Azusa Pacific University. You won't want to miss this. As always, you can find me on social media at Off the Crutch, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.